false start there let's try that again all right lads let's get into it i am mal foster and you are listening to the latest episode of dying doubt where time keeps on slipping 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 into the future unless of course somehow you've gone and got yourself stuck in a continuous time loop in which case there is no future there is only now there is no future there is only now there is no future there is only now And if that's the case, which, let's be honest, it's not likely because that kind of thing just doesn't happen, but if that is the case, then I hope that now is just full of wonder and joy and that you are doing something great and that you're not, say, I don't know, stuck in a traffic jam or you're in the midst of a full-on argument with your racist uncle who sweats far more than any human being ever should do or you're giving childbirth because imagine that. Imagine being stuck in a constant loop of childbirth forever. Yeah. Terrifying. Mind you, having said that, I can think of worse alternative future visions. One of them is a possibility come November, so, you know, you know what to do. But we're not looking down that particular U-Bend right now. We are taking our eyes away from the runaway shopping cart on fire, and we're going to be looking and talking about some awesome, cool, groovy, fun fantastic stuff if you didn't catch last week's episode then uh what are you doing what is seriously what are you doing come on pull yourself together pull your pants up don't even know what that means but pull them up pull yourself together and go check out last week's episode because it was amazing and if you did catch last week's episode chances are you're still probably trying to fathom out what exactly global video is but it's all right you'll get there and you'll understand and everything will be better. This week's episode, the second part of our two-parter with Sean, is equally as amazing as last week's. And to give you, again, just a little sample platter. It's a little bit of a tease. Yeah. You like that, don't you? A little bit of a tease. This is what you can expect in the next 35 to 40 minutes. You are going to get another anecdote from the weird cinema that I used to work at, which, by the way, I have a few stories because it was the weirdest place I've ever worked at. We're going to be talking about power tools, woodworking, Star Wars parodies, untouched whiskey, weird gifts. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things. Yeah, so you don't want to go anywhere. Anywhere at all, unless you need to go to the toilet, which is fine. You know, you can always keep your headphones in. I'd rather you didn't, because it's a little bit odd. But, you know, just don't tell me if you're going to do it. I mean, just, just, just don't, don't, I don't want to know. Anyway, enough babbling, enough rambling, let's get into it. This is part two of my two-part conversation with Sean, and it is, it's, it's brilliant. You know, what else can I say? place was the the weirdest place I've ever worked period and I was only there for about five months it's the weirdest place I've ever worked 
just the amount of strange stories from a, a guy overdosing during one of the Matrix films to um, the on-air proposal someone did for local radio, like a radio host. Oh, I remember you told us about that. Yeah, it was great. Because that was, that was when you, you sort of had everything separated. You had your concession stand on one side of the foyer mm-hmm. and had the ticket booth on the other. And, and it was just a slow afternoon. And I was there by myself in the ticket booth, just watching them set up and just asking, like, what's going on over there? Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's whatever his name was from local radio. He's, he's doing a live segment for Valentine's Day. I was like, oh, what is he doing about, like, romantic comedies? No, he's going uh, to ask Claire out on a date. I was like, what, on the radio? He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> all right, does Claire, does Claire know? And they're like, no, that's the best bit. She's upstairs doing, doing like, the, the take-ins from last night in the cash office, and uh, they, they radioed her down. She came down, and then he just goes full swing into it, and he, he does, like, a really bad karaoke rendition of um, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World by Prince. Oh, brilliant. Cannot sing for, for Toffee. And uh, it's it's one of the most real-time, cr- like the cringiest real-time events I've ever seen because you can just see in her face that she wants this to stop. Yeah. Like she just wants to dissolve into matter <laughs> and disappear into the atmosphere. It just sounds and then, amazing. <laughs> and then he, he gets to the end of the, the song. He doesn't do the full version because obviously he's only got enough time for the segment, he gets to yeah. the end of like the chorus, and then he, and he starts talking over the instrumental, saying, "Oh, Claire, I know we don't know each other very well. We know each other through a mutual friend, etc." Good, good start. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a great start doing it live on radio. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, it's a great start to any relationship. For many, many successful marriages have always started with this. Um, yeah. And he gets to it. He asks her, and and then she just in in the most straight face, dry man that just goes no and then just walks <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs> and then the worst bit or the best bit depending on where you were sat I had the best seats in the house I'm inside a plexiglass <laughs> box and no one can really hear me laughing um is then he's it's just dead air and then it's just the remainder of like the instrumental going while he's trying to because he thought it was a dead set he thought oh this is definitely going to win i've got a single rose i'm singing a prince it's live on the radio dead romantic Mm. and uh he thinks oh i'm in for a definite valentine's night here and uh yeah no just straight up no straight up no and then he's just absolutely drowning in in Prince instrumental and awkwardness <laughs> and it was it was hilarious and at the same time horrendous can you imagine if that awkward silence went on for so long that back at the radio station that dead air tape clicked in and just started playing promo, uh, promos and music <laughs> <laughs> they were just like cut the feed cut it <laughs> just unplug go, everything go to news, go to news and weather <laughs> I don't care. I don't care that it's four fifty-four. Just go to five o'clock news and whatever. This is shit. Yeah. Six minutes of filler news. It's fine. Just make up a story. Ian Bolton got it out on Twitter again. Talk about that. <laughs> oh, I can always rely on Beefy to oh, save, yeah. save a local segment. Um, I have a list of things. So uh, you were talking to kind of get back into pandemic life a second. Yeah. Talking about stuff that you've been using your time for, um, new hobbies and such, I guess. Like you talked about your vegetable patch. What else have you been doing? I know, but they don't. So let's just go from there. 
pretend you don't. <laughs> That's right. Everybody, um, just just we're all going to pretend that I don't know, and we'll do this again. <laughs> so, Sean, what new hobbies have you been taking up during pandemic? None. Oh. <laughs> no, so I've cut to news and weather. We need six minutes <laughs> beefy, of beefy, come on. <laughs> so we stood in the veg patch and just general gardening, which was um, that was purely driven by before the world went to shit, for want of a better phrase. Um, sure. Me and Rich decided that we were going to write down on a list of uh, ice lolly sticks things to do on a weekend, and then every weekend or every other weekend, just like pull one out and then whatever was on it that's what we were going to do one of the ones one of the things i put on there was learn to grow uh, vegetables so then when we were at home forever i kind of thought well might as well do it now so yeah just getting more into gardening that's been really good it's also been quite good just for my mental health in terms of not so much forcing me to go outside because obviously that's that's good for you but having having a genuine reason to go outside and have something to think about something to concentrate on right it's not so um, kind of intensive and thought intensive and everything else that you you kind of if you're too drained from work or whatever else of the day you don't want to go and do it but you can you know you can just go and do 10 minutes of putting some seeds in or 15 minutes of moving some seeds from this pot to this pot or putting something from this pot to the ground and it's you know it's really it's not brain dead but it's brain dead work you know just you don't have to think about stuff, which means that you kind of, you know, you might do an hour of it and you feel a thousand times better than when you went outside. So that's that's been really good. And then I've also, in the last three or four weeks, taken up woodworking. Yeah, you have. Like, you know, a genuine man, I suppose. <laughs> like, I have no like idea, a, yeah. Like an old school 70s man selling cigarettes. Yeah, I just stand in that shed smoking cigars and wood shavings all over you yeah <laughs> I'm not doing anything I'm just covering myself in sawdust and coming out going <laughs> off that was hard work wasn't it <laughs> you, you, should, you should see what I've knocked up in there <laughs> meanwhile my Amazon ordering a wooden chair <laughs> and get it on Prime next day delivery <laughs> just trying to hide the box and move it into the garage van Where's that gazebo come from and all that bubble wrap? It's cat food. It's, it's cat food. It's what it is. It's just stockpiled bulk sales. Just in case. It was on It was on a special one-day deal. Um, what made you get into that? I don't know why it went so high all of a um, sudden. Do you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I, is it something you wanted to do before? No. I've, I've always, as, as, as a general rule of thumb, hmm. I've always liked the idea of been able to build things, things like that around the house. But I've always been so bad at it that I'd get annoyed at myself from how bad I am at it and just think, I'm not doing this ever again. Yeah. What's the point? I'm so bad at this. I just feel bad about myself after I've done it. <laughs> so then I just, you know, I just, I've never really had any kind of desire to do it. And then after we did, when we did the veg patch, we, we made raised beds, which was literally just a set of decking board planks fastened together in a, a square. That, that was it. And we had two two of these decking boards left over. And I thought, what the hell am I going to do with these? It was two four-meter lengths of wood, basically, just in the garden. And they were there for three weeks. And I just kept thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do with these. No idea. And then I thought, I'll, I might try and build a planter out of it because I can do a square planter and it's going to be easy because it's just you know four sides, a bottom, a couple of legs, that's it. And I thought, you know, if it goes wrong and I'm you know, messing it up, it's yeah. no big deal because it's not for something that I need in the house or it's not for something that anyone's going to see. Right. If it goes wrong, I'll, I'll just put it in the bin and deny all knowledge of it. 
Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I did this planter and it turned out all right. And so my mum saw it and she said, oh, you make me one as well. So I had another one of these boards left. Okay, yeah, so I made another one and that turned out all right. Uh, and then I made one for my niece because she got a, like a gardening set from us for her birthday. Okay. It's like a, a subscription box, like a gardening subscription box because she yeah. likes being outside in the garden and stuff like that. And then it just kind of went from there, really. It made kind of bigger and more complex planters and then planters with trellises up the back and then I've just finished my second bird table which again was for my mum in the bottom of my grand's garden because she saw the one that we made and said that she wanted a new bird table and now Rachel's friends asked if I'll build like a gazebo style thing which I mean it's a massive leap from a bird table that's like a metre high to a gazebo I I was just about to say (laughs) you're kind of levelling up a a, a few notices like, how big How big is she wanting said gazebo? Has she given it's only like the size of a door, so over like over two meters. And, and like, how long? I don't know, maybe four meters. It's a corner one as well. So it's not even like just a square, it's Oof. a corner gazebo. But yeah, so it, it just kind of came out of nowhere, really. Just more of a need to get rid of some, some rubbish wood that was just lying around the garden. And then, as I kind of got into it more and then realized that, you know, if I do it and it looks like a dog's dinner, what does it matter? I'll just try and learn what I did wrong that time and then not do the same thing again next time. Yeah. So then, yeah, it's just kind of gone from there, really, and now I'm actually quite liking it, and I built myself a a workbench the other day, managed to get that done, which makes everything easier. Like I said, when I built it, ironically, it would have been a lot easier having the workbench to build the workbench, but, you know, these are the troubles that we have to go through every day, so... (laughs) It's it's a real chicken and egg paradox right there. (laughs) Yeah, right there. Um, We've all got our crosses to bear. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) I'm, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of evolved from nothing really. And now I'm quite, you know, quite getting into it and just enjoying messing around and seeing what else I can do. I used my router for the first time the other day to draw an outline of uh, an axe that I had in the in the garage, in the shed. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I've done it now. So I might. might He's going to start making duplicate axe handles. It's the whole axe, it's not just the handle. Oh. <laughs> well, you're going to start doing metal work as well. Just, just start making. Oh, can you imagine like, that. <laughs> I've got a forge now. <laughs> you say that, but yes, I actually can. Because you started with gardening, you got onto woodwork. It's the next step. It's the evolution. <laughs> this time next year, you'll be making like like battle weapons. I'll start buying clothes and just start wearing chainmail and armor. <laughs> imagine just, that on a Zoom meeting. Clunk, 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 clunk. Sorry, I'm late, guys. <laughs> I had to cool the forge down. It was reaching peak heights. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, no, it's 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 been it's been one of the most out of the blue hobbies that I think I've ever done. But at the same time, right now I'm I'm really enjoying it. So I take it you've learnt just through you've used the internet and such, you used YouTube tutorials or how have you yeah. done it? Like how have you gone from having like practically zero knowledge to to being able to to guide yourself into making things? Just just that, watching people do it and sort of taking Yeah, and um, I had basic skills of you know in terms of like using a drill screwdrivers you know to use a like a handsaw to cut wood and things like that but then i was never really competent with a, with power tools properly like you know electric saws and things like that mainly because i didn't have anywhere to do it mainly because i had no reason to do it so i just never really practiced so a lot of it has just been youtube videos and just looking at pictures of things and looking at pictures of things, how things are made online. So, you know, if I want to make, I'm trying to think of an example, take the bird, the bird table, sorry. 
okay. I want to make a bird table. I spent about 20 minutes looking over our fence into next door's garden, looking at how theirs was built. And then just copied that really, not the exact design, but in terms of, okay, well that's held up by, you know, an upright strut that's going diagonally that way. Yeah. So that'll support the weight against the post. So if I put four of those around, it'll be dead stable. And then the roof looks like this and things like that. And then I think, okay, how do I cut that angle? Okay. So I'll go on YouTube and watch a guy cut a piece of wood up for like 25 minutes basically. And that's how, that's how I learned how to use the router the other day. I, I bought this tool and I had no idea what it did, really. What is, a, what, what is a router? Because, like, I am totally ignorant. I don't know the proper way to explain it. I'll explain it the way I know it. Sure. It's like a drill that you hold and push down, but it's instead of having a drill bit, it's got, like, a, a drill bit that cuts out. So say if you want to make... Say if you have a piece of wood and you want to make a gap through the middle of that wood, you'd use this to almost, like, cut that gap out so you could slot another piece of wood into that gap. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I have an idea of what like, you Like, say, mean. like a flat pack drawer, you slide the bottom of the drawer in, don't you? Yeah. So that gap, you could cut out... That gap that you slide the bottom, you could cut out with this this tool. Okay. So I knew you could use it, essentially, to make to make furniture. You can make it quite sturdy because of the way that you can join the sides together using what's called a dovetail joint or a blind dovetail joint, which is like a, a weird angular joint that, click, that kind of pushes together. And then I think the way that the furniture would stress it wouldn't be able to pop out if it was straight, but it's it's bizarre. Look it up. It's great. It's dead interesting <laughs> if you're into cutting these kind of joints. So I bought I bought this tool specifically for these these things, thinking I don't really know, you know, what it is. I just know that I want one because at some point in the future I might want to make some furniture which has to be sturdy. And at the end of the day I I went into the garage and I finished painting this other bird table and I thought I've nothing else to do now. And you know, it took ten minutes to paint this thing. I thought I want to do something while I'm here. So I thought well, I'm going to watch a video on how to use this router. And after like 20 minutes, like I said, I've cut this outline of this axe out. And it's just a really simple, put the tool on a piece of wood, draw around it with a marker pen, get this tool and go, follow the outline of it. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing major, nothing amazing. But I was like, you know, 20 minutes prior to that, <laughs> I didn't know how the hell to use this machine of were in death. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> now, you know, I've got a slightly bigger understanding just because of just, yeah, just watching YouTube videos. But that's that's the thing is you can learn yourself an, an incredible like I I generally love YouTube it's a great time machine if you ever want to watch like weird nineties nostalgia stuff but it's also yeah. genuinely really helpful especially like if you have a specific model of something that needs fixed then chances oh, yeah. are, chances are someone's done a, a tutorial or at least they've kind of gone through some troubleshooting stuff so. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I, I generally am very impressed by anybody that can kind of learn that stuff, but to learn it just through obs- observing, absorbing, and then just sort of replicating yourself is, mm. is a genuine, genuine thing to be impressed by. Are you going to go further than a gazebo? So the end, my, my end goal of my woodworking enterprise <laughs> is that I want to... So the, the, the thing I want to work up to make it is a bed frame. Mm. And that is purely driven from... A while ago, I saw a bed frame on the internet that I wanted to buy. Right. And then we didn't buy it because of everything that happened. We thought, oh, you know, save the money for now, pandemic and all the rest of it. And now I'm kind of thinking, well, I bet I could make a bed frame that's better than that for the same price. Because I know that the bed frame that we saw would have been like particle board or chipboard for the price it was. So I think, well, I could probably buy solid oak for less than that and then build it. And it might take like, three months to build this bed but you know we don't need the bed frame right away so yeah yeah that's that's kind of like the next thing i think well that's sorry not the next thing that's like the i don't know that's my ultimate thing that i want to try and kind of get to where it's good enough i suppose to be in the house 
because it's all right making stuff for the garden because if it's a bit naff around the edges you can just kind of turn it around or so it's a rustic look or just mm-hmm. sand it and paint it and you don't mind because it's in the garden it's going to get rained on and all the rest of it but I haven't yet made anything that's been good enough to kind of live indoors yet so right. I suppose that'll be like a good sign then that I've got to a point where it's a decent standard yeah that's the thing is is you've got levels of progression you know what I mean you've started yeah. off with starting point a and then you, you're building yourself up to, to more intricate and more detailed things that need more attention mm-hmm. and need you to learn different things does that mean you're going to get more power tools to, to do your bedroom no I think I've got enough uh, no I want a table saw that's a lie all right. I want I want one more kind of saw. I've got three saws at the minute, and then I want one more, and then maybe a new sander. Do you feel like this this could become an addiction to making stuff and um, <laughs> and using tools? It might be. Do you know what I found though is at, at first I was thinking, yeah, this is going to be here. <laughs> oh, buy that. Oh, buy that. I'll get myself that tool. But I found that you do use the same kind of two or, or me especially you use the same two or three things for almost everything. And it's only every now and then that I'll need to use a particular kind of saw. I like I don't need a table saw right now. I've managed by doing the most health and safety unconscious thing of taking my circular saw, turning it upside down and bolting oh. it to another table. Oh my <laughs> and god. And then essentially just pushing a piece of wood over the top of it. So it so it strips like a plank into maybe four <laughs> strips, but in a straight line. <laughs> and it's it's so far it's worked. Like long term, I would like to get <laughs> table saw and yeah. build it onto that workbench <laughs> just so i'm not going as weird like upside down frankenstein <laughs> table saw I, I think that's probably for the best um but yeah i can't see myself getting too many more just purely for the fact I, I actually don't think i would use them i wouldn't know how to use them for the time being maybe if i'm still doing this in like five or six years maybe i might i might get better versions of the things i've got right but i can't i, I don't know I might be completely wrong, but I can't see myself needing too much more at the minute. I think you're going about it the right way. I mean, using what you have, and then if you need something, getting it and learning how to use it, rather than just kind of going like hog wild and buying everything Yeah. in sight and being like, oh, I'm going to learn how to use that eventually. You'd be like, well, until you need to, just use what you've got, or improvise and make your own table saw. <laughs> exactly, yeah, make your own table saw. I'll show yeah. you how. I'll do a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> there you go pay it forward yeah anyone else that's looking at some loose bits of wood going what could i do with this although i feel like making a video of that awful table saw that i made that one time might be just not so much paying it forward as much just doing someone an injury yeah. <laughs> it was so bad yeah i, I could see that i i'm generally a little bit in, intimidated by power tools this probably doesn't you've known me long enough to know that this probably doesn't surprise you but it, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe because my cousin cut parts of his fingers off once when he was... Oh, was, yeah, that'd do it. I remember being a kid, and he used to he used to work as, a, like, a, a carpenter of some description or, like, in, in, a, in a carpentry shop. Mm. And, and he had an, an, an incident of some description where he cut, like, his finger... Not his whole fingers, I don't think, but, like, the tips off. Yeah. But it was still enough to be like, yeah, never touching a power tool. I get that. I could, there's still some that scare me a little bit like I, drills i'm fine with and electric saws like the ones that are on you know like a it's on a base and you just move this part so you can keep your hand this other hand over here mm-hmm. fine with them but yeah like the ones that are you, know, you have to kind of hold it with two hands and you're moving it around so, you know sometimes even i'm a little bit mm, bit, bit wary about cutting this piece of wood, especially if it hits like a knot in the wood and it kicks back a little bit oh. because you don't realize how kind of powerful they are yeah i mean it's, it's not like 
you know, you're not like Leatherface. You're not kind of waving the thing around everywhere. But yeah, you just sit a little bit of a knot in it. And you think, oh, and it just kicks back, and that that's you know that shits me up enough as well. So uh, yeah, I get I get the fear of it. I have I have images of you doing that, and then you're just getting a phone call saying, yeah, we don't need that gazebo after all. <laughs> It's all right, we're going to deal without. We don't go outside that much at the moment, so we're, we're, we're good. <laughs> just running around the garden. <laughs> One thing that I want to try and introduce is uh, everyone that's, that's going to be on is I have a rolling list of random topics. I have at the minute 27. So okay. what I'm going to get you to do, and you the guinea pig here, is I'm going to get you to pick a number between one to twenty-seven, and you you just so everyone knows Sean has not seen the list. He doesn't know anything about it. This is the first he's hearing of it. Um, he's going to pick between one to twenty-seven, one number, and I'm going to tell him what that is, and we're going to see what we get from that. So uh, okay, let's go with let's go with number twelve. Ooh, number twelve, stage fright. Stage fright. Yeah. Have you ever had stage fright? Uh, in what sense? Because the the sense I know stage fright in is when you go to your urinal and you cannot pee. Well, did that that counts? I um, mean, any time you have to perform in public. Yeah. Which technically would um, be class. Like as a as a kid at school, did you ever do like plays and stuff? And did you ever sort of suffer from from stage fright, like freeze up, or were you just like perfectly okay? The first school play we were in uh, was obviously Nativity. Classic. Um, and from what I, well, not for what I remember what I was told, apparently I was cried all the way through it. So I imagine that was my earliest memory of stage fright. I think, I think that counts. Yeah, for sure. And then after that, we stopped doing the Nativity at Christmas and we started doing other plays instead. And we had to do one one year that was... It was like a, it was almost like a Star Wars parody play. What? Um, and well, apparently they bought the script. I didn't know if this was a thing at the time, but schools like bought the scripts from different companies, so they didn't have to, you know, think of things themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So and then we we bought this thing. It was a Star Wars a Star Wars parody play, and I played uh, this professor in it. I think it was because I wore glasses as a kid. Which I mean, I'm not being funny, but that's just starting you out on the wrong foot as well. Yeah. Um. And I remember we were rehearsing it, and it was all fine. And then, like the, the couple of kind of the days before, in my mind, I was thinking it's going to be this big Hollywood star production. And then we got to the point of where like the parents and everyone came to see it, and I just shit out. And I think I whispered most of my lines. <laughs> People couldn't really tell what I was saying. And there was a bit where I had to explain how we were going to get to space. And I had this diagram of this rocket, and I had to point to something and explain something about this rocket, and I could not remember for the life of me what I was supposed to say just went blank it's just completely blank didn't know yeah how to how to lead the rest of the narrative and then everyone's just like well if he doesn't know his line I don't know my line how are we going to get to space exactly I'm find the name of this play you know because I remember one of the songs that it was called The Source Will Be With You Always so, I, so it was like it was <laughs> it's like if you've ever been into like a pound shop and they and they play songs that you recognize but it's not the actual songs it's doing like a like a cover version of it it was kind of like that. yeah it's kind of like that like that version of a star wars play yeah and i think it was a it was loosely based on ketchup from what i can remember <laughs> oh so it was like a double double meaning yeah right <laughs> <laughs> 
I see what they did there. Yeah, it's clever, wasn't it? I can see why they bought that. <laughs> why they bought the rights. I, I'm sure all the parents in the audience are just like, oh, great. <laughs> Cost me two quid for this. I'm going to have to buy the bloody video. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not going to be a premium rent at 350 <laughs> God, yeah, um, that's my earliest memory of stage fright. You want to do one more, just for the just for the left? Yeah, go on. Why not? All right, so you're down to one to twenty six. Uh, let's go with twenty two. Oh, twenty two is a good one. Okay, All right, twenty two is best gifts, worst gifts. Now these can be best gifts that you've given or received, and then likewise we'll flip it. Worst gifts. And they can be either worst gifts you've received or given. Or it can be both. Uh, and it doesn't have to be ultimate. It can just be, like, things that come to mind. See, it sounds really ungrateful, doesn't it, when you say, oh, that's the worst gift I've ever received. But at the same time, there are some bad gifts. And that's just the way life is, you know. There's Of course. There's no winning or losing with it. I mean, if there was, this one would be the loser because it was awful. When oh, I left my it? last job, the person who organised my Leave in Present collection didn't know me at all i had no idea really what i liked what i didn't like what i was into any of that stuff and apparently someone else at work who did know me had offered to sort out my gift and this person said no no it's fine i've got this so <laughs> got to my last day and they came over and <laughs> it was even worse because there was a fucking crowd of people around me while they presented me with this thing and i was like oh that's fantastic thank you very much and i opened it and there was a bottle of jack daniels which i've never drank in my life Right. About two months before or something, I was leaving. We had the Christmas party. And at the Christmas party, someone was drinking Jack Daniels, and I said, Oh, I hate that. So, you know, the, that was there. So they got me something that, yeah, that I, again, it sounds like I'm being really grateful. I'm not. I was very grateful the fact that they went out of their way to purchase something, you know, as a yeah. goodbye present and all the rest of it. But just give me the money next time or whatever, or a voucher. And, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually to a shop of your choosing. Yeah. Love to shop. Yeah, so they got me this, this bottle of Jack Daniels, which I didn't like. Um and a book about I can't remember it was it was a book a baking book. Oh. Something, but it was something that I would never have never expressed an interest in. Like right. a cookery book, but for cakes and things about something some kind of weird cake thing that I've never never mentioned I was interested in. I actually didn't really mention I was interested in baking at all, to be honest. So I don't know where the hell this came from. So it was clearly just a punt. It was like, we've got to get him something. Yeah, this, this felt like it was 10 o'clock the night before I was due to leave. Shit, Asda's still open, isn't it? All right, got 14 quid. What can I get for that? It's, pre- it's pretty much the leaving equivalent of uh, a Christmas present from the all-night garage. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Box of fire lighters. <laughs> oh, God, what do I get? What do I get? What do I get? What have you got? What have you got? I've got that over there. That'll do, yeah. <laughs> Box of firelighters and two Toblerones. That's what that was the equivalent of. Would you have preferred that? Two Toblerones and a box of firelighters. Do you know what? This is this is going to sound, again, really, really ungrateful and really horrible. I would have preferred they didn't get me anything. Just purely because I would rather someone didn't waste their money on something that they had no idea if I was ever going to need or yeah. want. Mostly need, to be honest, regardless of the want. I'd rather they just didn't waste the money on it and saved the money and, you know, just said, 
see you around. <laughs> so, you know, would you like to get me a card or something? That's fine. Fine with that. Or a gift voucher to a shop of your choosing. Yeah, or a gift voucher. All the money. Yeah, that's always good. <laughs> you can never go wrong. That's never a bad gift. But yeah, so that was a... It was interesting. It was an interesting gift. Mm. It was as if it wasn't for me. And it was, oh my God, maybe that was it. Maybe it was for someone else. And they were like, oh shit, we didn't get you anything. Have this. <laughs> it's a last minute panic. I think that's it. I think I've discovered, I've cracked the Da Vinci Code. Oh, there you it? go. Do you feel a little bit better about it now? No, it still stinks. Uh, all right, fair enough. Do you know what the worst thing is? That bottle of Jack Daniels is still in the bloody cupboard downstairs and I have to see that every day. Every day I go in that cupboard, he stares at me. It's a constant reminder. <laughs> because I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> All right, what about best gifts? Anything that um, jumps to mind? The best gifts have been our... I said our, not mine and yours. Mine and Rachel's wedding anniversary <laughs> presents. What are you saying? My my gift to you for our wedding anniversary wasn't good it, enough. It wasn't as good. <laughs> it ranked slightly above Jack Daniels. <laughs> um, yeah, just purely because they've, every year we've made something handmade, which has mm-hmm. been good, because it means we've like managed to keep everything for the last five years which has been nice oh, that's awesome yeah i like that yeah and that's good because it you have to put a bit of thought and effort into it and you have got something to keep as well because we kind of said we didn't want to buy each other something that you know it's just going to kind of sit there or we're not going to get used or anything like that mm-hmm. so yeah like we try and get if we get if we you know if we go and buy something we'll try and buy something that we're going to use but then try and make something as well so then once a thing that's been bought has been used up kind of got like a thing to keep at the end of it as well yeah so what, what's an example what's like one one of the handmade gifts that sticks out uh the first well the first year was i think it was cotton the first year so we did oh the first the first year was paper apparently i don't think it was, I think it was cotton i'll be honest <laughs> is, is that rachel correcting you from downstairs she's just shouting from downstairs yeah. it's paper uh hang on i don't think she's right <laughs> just need to get this sorted now because this will come up later We'll soon find out if it's bloody paper or not, Rachel. <laughs> it's paper. It's paper. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, why? Because I was wrong. Yeah, so first year was paper, and I made Rachel some origami flowers, and then Rachel bought a pack of German dinosaur playing cards and then, like, wrote things on each card. The reason she got the German dinosaur ones because a dinosaurs are cool and b Germans cool as a language. <laughs> was the German thing a specific deliberate choice, or was it just like they only have this available in German? No, she bought the German ones because every now and then I'll just speak some random German around the house. <laughs> Not much. Usually, just asking where the library is and then saying it's over the bridge. <laughs> You're asking your own German question and then answering it. Yeah. How does that go? I kind of want a little glimpse into this. Uh, I can't remember the library now. I know where to ask uh, how, where the youth hostel is. I think it's something like Wo ist die Jugendherzberger? Right. And then a thing over the bridge is Uber die Ecke. Uber die Ecke. Nice. I think. So that's that's nice. I like that. That's like a little sort of inside joke slash reference inside the, the already that sort of purposeful personal gift. Yeah. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's a good theme. And the second year, 
was cotton. That was right. That was definitely cotton. And we cross-stitched something for each other. Nice. Mine was better. <laughs> <laughs> was it a German dinosaur? <laughs> well, look, look at her. She wants to do it bloody separately. She's trying to hijack your episode. What's she saying? Hey. Tell about last year. Chiming in. Oh, it's because last year was wood, and I couldn't think of anything to make for wood. Ironically, now you know. I know, right? You would have been perfectly suited this year. Yeah, um, could have made her a gazebo. I could have made a gazebo. Um, we'll get a divorce rate, and then we'll start again. By <laughs> <laughs> the time it gets to the woodworking one, I'll finish the bed. I'll make the bed frame here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, last year, last year I couldn't think of anything to make. And I think, I'll be honest, I think I was just going through a bit of a, a rough time with my own mind and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And I just had, like, zero creativity in me at all. Uh, yeah, so I bought, um, I think it was, like, 20 trees or something like that that were going to get planted. So I dedicated 20 trees. That's awesome. Which I thought was quite good. Yeah, that's a hell of a gift. Because that's, that's a genuinely really sweet gift, but it's also putting something back into the earth, quite literally. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. Man, you, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I may have to cut this out, because you were really setting the bar high for gift giving, and, <laughs> you know, you're making my job much harder, because now and it's, <laughs> it's, it's way better than what I usually do. So, yeah, this may not see the final cut. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, some, some best gifts, worst gifts. I can tell you, it's not my worst gift, but it's a pretty bad gift that I heard about recently. Yeah. The the person that replaced me at my old job for mm. Secret Santa last year got a T-shirt printed for his Secret Santa recipient. Mm. And on the T-shirt was a badly photoshopped group photo of people from the office that he'd put together using profile pictures from Facebook. So he'd oh my God. sourced the profile pictures and made like like a really ill-fitting, not even like seamless sort of transition group photo. It was just random. It was like a collage. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Like a wearable collage that I think was like two sizes too big. And, oh, my uh, God. Yeah, that's, that's pretty pretty bad. That is awful. Last year, I bought someone at work a Secret Santa present that was... Um, it was a T-shirt from the market in Preston, from a, a place that printed them. It was a picture of um, of Barry Chuckle as Che Guevara. That's a good gift. Who doesn't want that? It was amazing. Who, who wouldn't want that? That's a great gift. I mean, if I wore that over here, it'd be great because no one would know who it was and they would probably just think I was some sort of Marxist. Yeah. <laughs> just, just swarming around, giving out my yeah. Marxist opinions left, right and centre. Yeah. Oh, look at him. He's one of the Chuckle Brothers, the new terrorist organisation. <laughs> That's amazing. I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's South American political revolutionary, Barry Chuckles. Yeah. That is that's a that's a leader you could follow, isn't it? You follow him anywhere. That's right. Chuckle twenty twenty. Yeah. Power to me, power to you. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, and there we go. That concludes our very first two-part episode. Yeah, it's the first two-parter. It's the first of the new format, which I am thinking is working pretty well. You know, it's working for me. But is it working for you? That's what I want to know. Do you like the shorter episodes? Does this format work better for you? I want to know. And the best way you can tell me, the best way you can get in touch about that or anything else regarding the show or just in general, if you just want to stop by and say, hey, then you can do that. You can find me over on Twitter at I am Mal Foster. That is the best and most direct way to let me know what's working, what's not, or just to say uh, what's what's happening. Now, obviously, I know that you have subscribed to the show. That's a no-brainer. That is just the definition of doy. But, you know, some of your friends may not have. And that is just criminal. And you need to get that sorted. And I'm counting on you to do that for me. So if you know anybody that would like this show but hasn't subscribed, then that's what you need to do. You need to tell them. You need to poke them with a virtual sharp stick of sorts. Or, you know, just, you know, gently mention it in passing. I'll do as well, you know. Not tyrant. Uh, yeah, subscribe if you haven't already. And of course, as the usual spiel at the end of the show goes, if you would like to help the show out, one of the best ways you can do so is by rating and reviewing. I don't know if you can hear this, but there are some real noisy birds outside. They're beginning to do my absolute melanin. Shut up, birds. This is the call to action bit. This is where I'm trying to get people to support the show, and they're not going to want to do that if you're squawking all the time, are they? Gah, wind your beaks in. As I was saying before being disrupted by the boibs, if you do want to support the show, that is a brilliant way to do it. Rating and review, it helps with the internet magic and alchemy and algorithms and all of that good stuff. Don't exactly know how it works, but it does help, I know that. I've been told it by other people on the internet, so it must be true. You can also help out in other ways, and that is just generally by telling people. Uh, all jokes aside, if you know somebody that would enjoy this show, and they may enjoy next week's show, this is a good way to hook somebody in that maybe doesn't know about the show. So next week is pretty special. It's a solo show, just me, some research, and a specific topic. And that specific topic are failed weapons and obscure missions from World War Two. That's right, we are jumping down the history pipe once again because it is going to be the 75th anniversary of VJ Day and I thought what better way to celebrate such a landmark occasion than to actually look back at some of the more obscure and strange and slightly beguiling and definitely puzzling aspects of the great conflict of World War Two. So yeah, we're going to be looking at a couple of failed weapons and uh, when you hear about them, it's completely understandable why they failed. And we're going to be looking at some very obscure, badass, incredible, mind-blowing missions. So if you like your history, or if you know somebody that really likes their history, and you think they may be interested in that, that may be a good hook for them, then let them know. Let them know what is happening next week. Yeah. Great stuff. After that, we're going to have some more guests. And then after that, I don't know yet. I'll be honest, I haven't got that far ahead, but there is still plenty of amazing stuff in the very foreground of this show. So yeah, if you're not on board yet, what are you doing? Get on board, baby! There's plenty of room. Whether you are a seasoned listener, and I say that kind of lightly because we've done 12 episodes, can you really be a seasoned listener after 12 episodes? Sure, yeah, of course you can. If you're a seasoned listener or you are brand spanking new to this particular spaceship of weird, then the best place... In all sincerity, for you to visit is dimed-out.com. You've got all the episodes there, all the subscription links to whatever podcast platform you use, and we've got other stuff on there too. The Dimed Out blog, 
other little bits and pieces, other things that I've done. So if you like this and for some bizarre reason you want to hear more, you can find links to a whole bunch of other stuff. You can also find a link to our coffee page over there as well. So as I said at the end of last week's episode, this is not required. It's certainly not demanded. It's just a suggestion. If you want to help out the show by throwing us a few pennies to help with uh, hosting or server costs or to put some cash towards some new equipment, then uh, yeah, you can do that. You can do that if you want. You don't have to, though. But if you want to, you can. Other than that, that is the housework done for this episode. This is this episode done for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sean, both parts. He will definitely be invited back. Hopefully, we're going to get his wonderful wife to do an episode as well at some point in the future. That is on my uh, list of goals for the show, to get Rachel, Sean's wife, to do an episode. Because I think that would also be infinitely fascinating. Shut up, birds. I'm trying to finish. Oh, my days. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is it for the episode. It ends with me shrieking at birds that can't hear me and don't understand me. So what better way to finish? If you have enjoyed this, then do, of course, as I say, subscribe. Stick around. We've got some amazing stuff, as I say, next week. It's all going to be about the obscure side of World War II with some really, really fascinating and baffling stories. So, yeah, we're going to be diving into the history pipe and uh, looking at some really cool stuff next week. Other than that... As always, until next time, look after yourselves, look after each other, and keep it dimed out.